0: we'll all enjoy
1: thank you Father thank you Lord Father I love you my heart is filled with desire to see your glory and power cover the earth like the waters of the sea as I am surrounded by the fortress of God totally surrendered to you and I am surrounded by the fortress of God totally surrendered to you I lift up my hands, standing not ashamed, I worship you, Father, exalting your name, you've captured my heart, now my life has changed, I lift up my hands. I lift up my
0: hands. Yeah, morning. Right, welcome. Last day then. For this one. Day 4, Psalm 91. Um, Let's just be quiet for a moment. The best thing you can do before God is nothing and uh, we're learning aren't we just to be vulnerable Thank you that you've got us all in your hand, inside your heart, under your wings, all those types of things that you use to tell us how sheltered we are, no matter what's going on around us. Father, thank you that you are our refuge, you're our fortress, and the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they're safe. Father, would you lead us and guide us around your word, Lord, today? We're all in different states, different places. Father, I ask that your peace would come to our hearts. Let faith rise with the word of the Lord today. And the word of the Lord is that you love us. You know everything about us and you love us you're not disillusioned with us because Lord you never had any illusions in the first place you knew exactly what you were taking on you're so wonderful you know everything about us you understand us so well you love us and you're committed to us because of Jesus thank you thank you Father Father touch us, refresh us help us to be sure and certain of your love for us We don't have to earn it. It's a gift. So we choose to rest and relax in your love and in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We rest in you, knowing we are the favoured, the favoured of the Lord. We are your people, your chosen We rest in your presence and we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. No matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, Father, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Teach us, Father, just sit still under whatever you're doing in our lives right now. Just to sit still thank you Father thank you Lord be with Joyce Father be with Mick be with Trish they're just the ones that we know right now just be with every one of your children that's in trouble and all those out there that don't even know you mm-hmm. would you dispatch your angels Your word says you'll give charge of your angels over us and over them very present help in trouble. Thank you, Lord. Lead us and guide us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. comes to my mind, uh, the first thing. On one of Graham's soaking CDs, I don't know whether you picked it up, but it jumped out at me. I think it's the one I played yesterday afternoon. He says, you are dear to me. You are dear to me. You are dear to me. And I thought, he's emphasising that. And I was looking up another word in my uh, Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament words. And to my surprise, I found the word dear. timios, T-I-M-I-O-S from timae T-I-M-E honor, price and it signifies primarily accounted as of great price precious, costly and it is a superlative so when he's saying you are dear to me you are dear to me he's saying you are precious you are costly you are of great price I mean in England we use the word Hello, dear, or you know, it's it's, it's a it's anism, isn't it, that we use, especially us older ones. Uh, but the the other uh, references to it are costly, honourable, reputation, precious, preciousness, held in honour, precious, dear, more honourable, uh, devote of devoted servants of Christ, precious of stones. So it it is a a a, a much more it has much more depth. And when Graham was saying it, I thought, this is coming from the throne. God is saying something here. And it's sort of lodged up there. So you are dear to him. We are are precious to him. We are honoured in his sight. We are honourable in his sight. We are costly. We are held in honour. So when you hear that again, and you hear him say, you are dear to me, Open it up a bit, and you'll hear what he's actually saying. Okay, Psalm ninety-one. This caught my eye this morning. I'll go into Psalm ninety-one in a minute. It was in my bedroom, and it's this bit was showing: "I am with you always." And I, I thought in my memory it was a tiny book. I thought it was about the size of one of Graham's little um, journals. And <clears throat> I thought, I bet there's something in there for Joyce. <clears throat> so I started flicking through it this morning. Um, and he says about experiencing God as your refuge and fortress. <laughs> mm-hmm. All sorts of, of bits, you know, that suddenly jumped out of me. God is with ordinary people. He says. Uh, there's always something isn't there when God always have you ever noticed how he actually gives you exactly what you need if you can stand still long enough um for the moment that you need it I think this man is actually talking about uh when it suddenly it suddenly hit him fear suddenly hit him his mum was taken ill very suddenly uh and she'd had some sickness um, which they'd, she'd gone in for some um, routine tests uh, and uh, never came out and the whole family was absolutely desolate but the interesting thing is that he starts off with Psalm 46 which is what we were looking at uh, and I, I gave Joyce, I photocopied this this morning just I thought she can't take a book in but I gave her the verses 1 to 3 of psalm 46 god is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble gotta be in trouble to find the st- the help and the strength and the refuge therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging say la have a little think about that and he speaks of three things first that god is a refuge second god will be with you for a strength and third that god is for you at an ever-present and very present help uh, and i just photocopied it shoved it into her hand and the funny thing about it was that uh, she'd got a word for me this morning it was it's something in the tail end of what i'd already typed up a couple of days ago where gideon's treading in wine in the uh, the press you know tr- making bread or whatever he was doing in the wine press and uh, the angel comes and says hail mighty man of Ella. the lord is with you and he says if he's with us why is this all come on oh. us and <laughs> and that was what had come to me a couple of days ago if you're with us why have we got this dollop and and joyce <laughs> got this word for me this one i thought it was so funny um So we both had words for each other which was interesting and and the Lord had spoken to her in the night which was good uh, and told her that she does have to go through this thing but it's got a purpose in it Uh, and so, um, you know, he says here, uh, it's it's headed up when you're gripped by fear, Um, I want to say it's okay to be frightened. Because sometimes we get the tendency of thinking that we mustn't have these natural feelings. We mustn't have fear. Uh, And a few nights ago, a couple of weeks ago maybe, uh, something was frightening me. I cannot remember what it was. And as I went into my bedroom, the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you give it to me? I took it. I said, what, you mean this that I've got? He said, yeah, give it to me. So I just said to him, here you are then there it is and peace instantly if you hand it over he'll take it trouble is with us I think we walk round with these things thinking we've got to be big brave soldiers you know can't. courage is not the absence of fear courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway courageous men any of them will tell you my father when he was first uh, commissioned as an officer in the in the war time he went in as an nco i think and and then got commissioned very quickly because he went in as a volunteer and Stephen was talking to me about it the other day and he said granddad had said to him if the men had known that it was his first time on the bridge they would have been <laughs> windy <laughs> and because he had to stand there and do all the biz being the though now he was in command and uh, I can remember he had um, uh, well uh, they used to carry flasks, silver hip flasks in those days with a little bit of the old rum tot or whiskey and you know for a bit of need when you needed it and he, ha- he had this, it was in the Navy he had this in his breast pocket here and a bullet hit it and he showed me it after the war and it had this dent it would have hit him right in the chest but because it was that thing was there. Didn't make hole in his flask, either he said he was glad still have to drink out. But you know, God is with us, isn't he? So this one's headed up trusting God in all circumstances. Now I hope you're saying Chip you are you this Chip Ingram is the author, you really telling me that in the midst of great adversity I mean pressure and trouble and fear that God's presence could actually give me joy? Yes. You want me to believe that God could actually get me out of danger? Yes. You're telling me that the worst thing I could imagine could happen and God's presence could get me through it with external protection, internal strength and a constant stream of joy in the midst of adversity? Yes. The next time you are gripped by fear, let Psalm 46 fill you with hope and confidence. That confidence can be yours and before you know how it's going to turn out. Martin Luther apparently wrote, he who saved the three men in the furnace of the Babylonian king still lives and rules. Sometimes, he says, things may get worse before they get better. And this, of course, is always the case, isn't it? Um, Graham's got a little book down there, which I'll refer to later, um, God's Keeping Power. And he says, you need to find out if it's a keeper or a deliverer. When you get in the middle of something, are you going to deliver me out of this, or are you keeping me through it? And he will tell you what he's going to do. So if you know that you're going to be kept through that, you just got to develop patient endurance and let it go on as long as it's... as. It, you know he's going to get you through it. If it's a deliverer, you're just waiting for the deliverance. He'll reach down and he'll take you out of it. Joyce said that God said to her during the night she had got to go through the surgery um, and so she knows it's going to be a keeper she knows it's going to be a keeper whatever the outcome is it's going to be a keeper and this man makes the point that the anxiety comes um, uh, fear and panic always come hand in hand with or uh, anxiety and panic come hand in hand with fear, you know he's got two brothers and he always brings them with him That um, the anxiety and the fear come when you start to look towards the future how's that going to work out? What about this? What about that? How's that? And that is when you come into the fear. Uh, and uh, for me, uh, I found that that was so true. So everything in me just went down. I thought, right, we'll just live for the moment. You can't live any other thing other than the moment, so we'll do what we've got to do today. <laughs> God's always a God of encouragement, isn't he? It doesn't leave you sitting in the middle of it. So, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, is my refuge and fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Interestingly, Joyce said she got an awful lot out of Psalm 46 the other day. So I'm going to give you a Lectio Divina this afternoon or later on in the morning to to listen to God as you read through Psalm 91 and see what you get from that one. There was a a padre or a commander in the war, and I don't know who it was, and he read Psalm 91 over his troops every day, Mm -hmm. saved or unsaved, and not one of them was lost. Other people's troops they lost, but this one, he read read it over them before they went. Surely, absolutely you better believe it, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. It's all coming at him, isn't it? A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. comes into my mind, you know, where Paul says... Um, he presses on in order that he might get a better resurrection, and i 've often wondered what that meant. I thought, "What do you mean by better resurrection isn't it going to be the same as mine <laughs> <You> know <laughs> but what he 's saying is that troubles and persecution and pain and difficulty are part of the walk, and that he wants to obtain a better place in the reigning and ruling that he will have in the resurrection. So he's saying, I want to go through these things, the fellowship of his sufferings, in order that I may reign and rule. Because we've always got to keep our eye on what this is all all about. It's about eternity. And we get to reign and rule. So if we duck out of the things and, and sidestep every time there's a difficulty because we don't want to be shaken about in our comfort zones, we're actually denying ourselves the training ground for reigning and ruling. God dropped into my mind the other day that this is training for reigning, because you know you ask him what it is, and some time later he says training for reigning. And Joyce keeps giving me that word that I don't like, which is fortitude, and I'm thinking, will you stop giving me that word, please? Because it means strength in adversity. I'm thinking, I don't want the adversity to have to have the strength in thanks very much, but it looks like I'm getting it. And if I want to have well done, thou good and faithful servant, have rule over ten cities, then I'd best go through it. Because when it comes to doling out the reigning and the ruling, if I'm not getting my ten, I shall sure think, what a silly billy, I might as well have gone through it and had my ten. So this is all what it's all about. Always keep in mind that God's got a higher purpose for the things that are affecting us now. And whenever we come into a situation and a circumstance, we need his perspective. What's your perspective on this? What's this all about? Um, that's One of the girls this morning said God's g- laughing, he's grinning, he's not having any problems, Where you know, thumbs up. I bet Jeremiah learnt that when he was down the cistern that they threw him down. wasn't that kind when they pulled him up out the cistern and and that the eunuch passed old curtains and things down mm. to put under his arms so as the rope didn't burn. Isn't that just the Lord mm. standing up to his ankles in and he gets pulled up that's That's not nice, a bit like Joseph and it down there okay. <laughs> uh. I suppose some of you, it reminds me of uh, Graham, the time that he learnt to worship in adversity was and he, when he really first touched God. He said was that he, for a while, he, um, though he knew the call on his life, he hadn't got a job so he went grave digging. And one particular morning he's given his, his spade and his ladder and Danny goes and starts digging this grave and it's tipping down with rain, he's standing at about four inches in water and he's digging away and he turns round and someone had taken the ladder away by this time he's more than six feet down and he said it was at that point (laughs) he said I dropped my spade I spread eagled myself against the side of the grave and I worshipped (laughs) and he said I really I touched God for the first time (laughs) I mean I'd be thinking all sorts of things (laughs) not the least about whoever removed the ladder he didn't say how he got out of there in the end I expect they brought it back but God engineers doesn't he, circumstances to press us into the response he wants to get from us so because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your habitation no evil will befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I don't know what your theology is about angels at all, whether you believe that God will send them or whether you think they're just a nice thought. That There was a lady here some two or three years ago that prophesied over Joyce. And she said, the angels were just on their starting blocks for Joyce to pray, and as soon as she prayed, they were dispatched. And she said, they're like this, waiting to go. It was the most brilliant word. Um, Absolutely marvellous. The only problem was, she had her back to the tape recorder, so very little of it came up. You You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver and honour him with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation have you ever had one word just jump out at you like shells and wills uh, if, you, if you look at it it's not a, a might it may be it's a shall and a will and uh, they jump out at you every now and again I remember I stuck for a while on the fact that uh, Noah and Enoch both walked with God and I got stuck on the word that they walked with God thinking and turning that over in my mind what it must mean to walk with God to the point where Enoch was not wasn't he? I'm after being a was not Let's see if we can do that so, yesterday we saw that uh, God desires three things for us: He wants to see our face, He wants time with us, and He desires our unshared love. And we're all on a journey into the heart of God, who loves us with all His heart, soul, mind, and strength. I trust you have been asking Him your questions: What He wants to be for you this current season, and. An inheritance word? Anyone got an inheritance word, yet? No? No? Okay. So today we're going to look at Psalm 91. Because if we haven't got a day of trouble at the moment, sure as eggs is eggs is, my mum would say, we will have one sometime. Though we can never be prepared in one way for the circumstances we find ourselves dropped down into from time to time, we can upgrade our relationship with God to the extent that when the day comes we know whom we have believed and are persuaded that he is able to keep us, keep that which we committed unto him against that day. That's an old chorus, isn't it? I know who I might have believed and I'm persuaded. No, no? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, won't sing it, to you? That's the point about upgrading your image of God, uh, that little green book there is the one in the middle the second one from the left um, the nature of God very very useful stuff because you think you'll remember it but we do need to consciously sit down sometimes before God do a review ask Him what we need to be doing to upgrade and to upgrade our worship by really asking of the Holy Spirit that I might be able to do that in this time I was telling the girls at the breakfast table I went to bed last night and, and I was really I could have had scrambled eggs for brains, really. Just everything scrambled. And I sat up in bed, sort of saying to the Lord, Well, I can't pray, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do So I'm gonna to go to sleep. <laughs> so I laid down and of course you can guess what happens as soon as the head touched the pillow Every the thing started churning round in my mind. I thought, I am not going there. So I made a choice to worship. And up came a worship song, started to come. My Mary kicked in and she started to sing a worship song. And something from under my tummy button and about eight inches wide came up like it was creamy golden I could see it and feel it at the same time it was it was. my spirit just rising up which brought a grin to my face and I just went off to sleep and didn't wake up again till about 5 o'clock this morning which was real good, straight through making choices absolutely got to do it, got to shut that Martha up, I really had to slap her around both ears, shut her up so trouble and tribulation isn't a bad thing it just depends on how we meet it and God will turn everything to profit for us and we need to learn while we can what a rock he is that he is a very present help in trouble that he will never leave us nor forsake us and a lady called Anna Leticia Waring penned these words somewhere between uh, we figured out she was 87 didn't we Carol between 1823 when she was born and 1910 when she died some of you will know it's an old hymn in heavenly love abiding no change my heart shall fear and safe is such confiding for nothing changes here the storm may roar about me my heart may low lay my heart low be laid but God is round about me and can I be dismayed whether, wherever he may guide me, no want shall turn me back. My shepherd is beside me, and nothing can I lack. His wisdom ever waketh, his sight is never dim. He knows the way he taketh, and I will walk with him. No, it's not the way I take, it's the way he takes, and I'll walk with him. Green pastures are before me, which yet I have not seen. Bright skies will soon be o'er me, where dark the clouds have been. My hope I cannot measure. My path to life is free. My Saviour has my treasure and he will walk with me. And sometimes I think God just looks at me and laughs. He plans a series of teaching days like this that we've just had and then plunges me into living them. Particularly the last one, Psalm 91. I think that's a real sense of humour. It's like, okay, you're going to teach it now. You've got to get right in it because those of you who know us know that God said don't cancel anything because the natural instinct was to just wipe everything out of the diary no, I'm going to walk with you through it so we have to have these times in order to know and live the word it's nothing until it becomes flesh on you you can't know peace in the midst of trouble until you're in trouble and find peace I know you come and you find peace here and it seems as if the house runs on oil bearings but in fact when you're living here there's a lot has to be done in order to get that peace established and the place running so when you've got a lot of teaching to do a lot of fodder to get in to feed the folks all sorts of things like that and then suddenly you've got this thing thrown in the middle it's not quite so easy to keep your peace and the phone ringing and one thing and another uh, normal life um, but it is quite a pressure upon you then to keep your own peace um, because you don't want people to come into a place of jangle so it's interesting so we have a little go at this he says I'm with nevertheless the n-word I shall be with you. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes the the bigger the problems in our estimation, the harder it is to be still. It's a real discipline to choose to sit and stay and allow him to touch us. We are the beloved of God that has to sink deeply into our spirit. We are the beloved of God and he loves us right here, right now. One of the things that's coming to me as I'm speaking about this is I don't know about you when you're hard up against it and you're in a panic Um, but I'll just draw a scenario for you neither Joyce nor I have homes of our own Uh, we've given everything up and so we have no savings no security no nothing we happily live here on a rollover month by month never being concerned about what God's going to do but suddenly he rolls one in that looks as if one of us is going to be knocked out of the arena. That leaves the other one unable to function without the other hand. And for me, what whooshed in right away was, I could be homeless in a month. And I thought, so? (laughs) Not going there. But that is actually the truth of the situation that choice and I are in if anything happens to the the other one unlike most people we have no bank account house that we could sell security possessions he stripped us so that there's nothing but him and that is when you have to lean on him in a way that makes you the beloved coming up out of the wilderness who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved, so I said to the Lord, "Win lose or draw, I've only got one place I can go, and I'm not going there tonight." That was what all flooded into my mind uh, when I put my head on the pillow last night. And you know what your mind starts to do? It starts to find answers. If you're like me, oh, I could do, I could, uh, and I'm thinking, "Will you just stop this? You are working that out." On your own level. If that happens, you pray and you sit down and you shut up and you hear what God's saying to you. I was really giving myself a ticking up, ticking, ticking it, you know. Like David, you know. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, come on. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Just sometimes after, I don't know, you may be made differently from me. There I am. And of course the added thing is, for me and for Joyce, I'm 72 this year, I'm looking at an old people's home, I? and I'm thinking, no! <laughs> I'm thinking, reduced circumstances, no! <laughs> so anyway, there we are. That's when the enemy comes in like a flood. God does something and Satan comes in on the back of it. So you've got to have a look and see what what's going on. There's a circumstance there orchestrated by the Lord and the enemy takes the opportunity to come in to try to just, so that you can't get your head above the water. So we're caught up in a global battle between God on the one hand and Satan on the other. And we just have a pop, pip, pop into, into Job. I mean, I know you know this, but it's worth reminding ourselves who's in control. And we'll be listening to it tonight. So Job, here he is. He always gets his stuff right. So he he uh, he does burnt offerings and sacrifices for his sons as as well as for himself. And he does this regularly. Now, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, Ah, having a look at my property wandering up and down having a look see what's going on and then the Lord said to Satan look who's pointing out Job have you considered my servant Job there's none like him on the earth a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil so Satan answered the Lord and said does Job fear God for nothing have you not made a hedge around him Around his household and round everything he has, you've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased the land. And now stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he'll surely curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, "Okay, then. All he's got's in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person." And he goes out, doesn't he? And yet all breaks loose. Uh, his sons and his daughters are eating and drinking and a messenger comes and says the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys feeding when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away and they've killed the servants with the edge of the sword while he was still speaking another one came and said the fire of God fell from heaven oh. and so it goes on you know don't you he ends up sitting there scraping himself with a piece of uh, that because Satan goes back again and says yeah, that's not done and in chapter 2 verse 3 the Lord says to Satan have you considered my servant Job does it again As another round of it a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil and still he holds fast to his integrity although you incited who did the inciting Him against me, incited me against him to destroy him without cause so Satan answered the Lord and said skin for skin all that a man has he'll give for his life But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will surely curse you to his face. Stretch out your hand now. Who's doing it? Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent by his power. Never, ever, ever think that you are out from under the sovereignty of God no matter what is happening sometimes he allows you to endure it and sometimes he allows you to enjoy it but either way he's there in it and it's finding our way through that uh, in the midst of everything finding out who's doing what to whom uh, in uh, Luke I think it is uh, when, when um, Peter Uh, is about to betray Jesus Jesus says to him Satan desired to sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not has anyone ever been aware of being sifted like wheat unto the Lord's purposes I've had it about three times in my life that God has actually said to me Satan desired to sift you So I let him have a go. But in his graciousness he will say to you, if you ask him, that's what this is. And the moment, the first time it happened, he said that to me, I just laughed. Because I knew what was going on. Once we have that revelatory rationale for what is happening, we can go through it with joy. Because we know who's doing what to whom. God is always in control. But there are times when we feel like we're going down for the third time in the sewage and we do not likely to come up again. We need to have that perspective from God about what we're going through and why. He spoke to Joyce in the night. She was still nervous and agitated when she went in this morning, as we both are. It's it's, it's, it's a nasty thing. Um, But the fact is that God is in control of all this. That's the fact of it. So we have to have these times in order to know and live in the Word. It's nothing until it becomes flesh on you. So we're all in this process called life in the Spirit. No good days, no bad days, only days of grace. And sometimes, as I said, the grace of God will allow you to enjoy what's happening and sometimes the grace of God will allow you to endure what's happening. No good days, no bad days only days of grace. And we're nothing unless God's grace touches us. So we're learning the discipline of sitting still and letting him come to us. Sometimes the bigger the problem, the harder it is. The real discipline is to choose to sit, stay and allow him to touch us. Yesterday I could not get that. It didn't happen to me. I couldn't do it. Today I got up. Brilliant. Sat when I five, something like that, just sat there and I was in the presence of God. Didn't speak to me, but I knew he was there. Uh, And I had that sense of of being in my fortress, of being surrounded, as that lovely song that Esther sang about being the fortress and God being round about. I had the sense of him being around me. Yesterday I didn't. I was bouncing about like a peeing a drum so you have to go through it. And I think one of the brilliant things is that God is allowing Joyce and I to go through this with a bunch of friends around us. So that you can see the reality. I'm not just talking about something, we're living it, you're seeing how we are in it and we're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes about how it's affecting us. And so it is wonderful to be transparent. So that you can't hide it if you suddenly feel you're going to bowl your ball, and that's that. (laughs) So we're caught up in this global battle. And sometimes we attribute just the ordinary things of life to warfare. Life just is sometimes. Things go wrong, people get sick. Warfare is real, beloved. And if you ever come into it, you'll know. Spiritual warfare is not about the enemy. It's about knowing the majesty and supremacy of Jesus. Spiritual warfare is about worship. It's about adoration of him and being in his presence. It's not about pulling down strongholds. It's about knowing who God is and cooperating with him in what he wants to do. Being preoccupied with him. Worship. Adoration. And then when we have finished adoring Jesus, we can turn to the enemy and say, you are dismissed. Thank you. I know I'm always uh, repeating what Graham says, but they're, they're, you can't, unless you've gone through it yourself, you can't. And it's all about experiences of life, isn't it? But this one he talked about, he was away somewhere and he'd had tremendous warfare in his bedroom at night time, and these things kept coming and visiting him, and he'd get rid of them and finally get to sleep. This went on for three nights until finally he said, Father, they're not going to be here again tonight, are they? So he said, yeah. Mm. So, well, what do I do about them? Well, you know, wait till it happens. Anyway, he gets to bed, and sure enough, in they all come, fill the room, they're standing around doing whatever they do. And he said, Suddenly, I, I thought, right. And he pleaded the blood of Jesus so they couldn't get out. <laughs> oh. And he spent the next two hours worshipping. <laughs> he said, They got their hands over there and they couldn't stand it. He said, And when I'd finished, I said, You are dismissed. <laughs> Payback. Warfare. Ah. Oh. So we're not here to concentrate on Him. We're here to love the Lord our God, to be absorbed with Him, to know we're kept in the love of God. So what's the secret place? Life in the Spirit. God is here. He's living in you. I'm pointing to my midriff, for those of you listening on CD. He's placed a deposit in you, which only requires to be released. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not going to come down like a cow as I'm so fond of saying. It will not come from outside. It is something that you release from the inside because we have that inner well of anointing. And it is always there. So we need to still ourselves to turn to what is already within us. He's given us everything we need. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner man. As I've been saying over this week, if you ever want an answer to prayer, root it in Scripture. Father, strengthen me with power through your Spirit in my inner man today. Get an answer to that one, eh? Yes, straight away. And yes, and yes, absolutely good prayer. Good choice. Thank you, Father. And my current... um, Um, inheritance word therefore we do not lose heart though our outward man is perishing our inner man of the spirit is renewed daily that's 2 Corinthians 4.16 my inheritance word uh, for what we've been going through in the last six weeks or so you need one of those you know you need a word from God for the situation in which you find yourself and if he doesn't answer initially he will eventually So just wait on him for him to show you what your word is for the now time in your life. And you will know when you've got it because it will probably make you cry. Because it just touches that spot that you need to be touched in. He knows each child so well. He knows what you need right now for the part of the journey that you're on. And as I said, Graham talks about these. Uh, inheritance word in the, in the journal on crafted prayer, I think. Inheritance words. Everything you can get out of it is yours. God wants to come every day and renew your inner man. Having an inner man means that your internal reference point is not your emotions, it's your spirit. Don't go looking outside yourself for evidence of God moving. It's your internal reference point that is within. And as we begin to learn to turn inwardly to the inner man of the Spirit, see what's happening there. Peace, rest, always. Because the Holy Spirit lives there. That's where he dwells in you. And he is always at peace, always at rest, always teaching you about Jesus. He will remind you of things. But the problem is getting ourselves to peace, isn't it? That is the real problem. It's that Martha. Martha drives me potty. When I was preparing this, the Lord reminded me of that going off to an aside of this giraffe picture here with his head right through the clouds and his sunglasses on because he's in the blue sky at the top there but the bottom end it's tipping down with rain, it's it's a bit like the flesh and the spirit the underneath there is the the bad side of the cloud where it's absolutely grey and tipping down but because he's so tall he can look and he needs his sunglasses because of the glory he's absolutely brilliant I said to the Lord this morning I don't know where it is, can you put my hand on it (laughs) there it was So if the enemy always attacks your head, step back into your inner man of the spirit. Graham says, I don't live there. That's where the enemy attacks him. And he said, I don't live there, so I'll go somewhere else. That's brilliant. You can ignore what he's trying to do in your head. There's always a battleground there in your thought life. Step back. It's a discipline we need to work on. But that's where we'll find peace. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I want this. Help me. I need this. Help me. He will. Just ask him. My last prayer last night was, Pull me through, Holy Spirit. Any of you have read Reese Howell's Intercessor, and I know June has recently, his constant prayer was, Pull me through, Holy Spirit. If you can't say anything else, say, Pull me through, Holy Spirit. You're stuck in a place where you just can't see how you're going to pull me through, and the next minute you find you're through. no man's land last night as i said i couldn't pray stuck i said to the holy spirit pull me through and the worship came it's all about aligning ourselves with the holy spirit and he'll do the stuff we can't do it all we can do is choose and as our will swings round like a pendulum and gets into alignment with the the will of the spirit within us two wills at work remember there's your fallen will and the holy spirit's your will comes into align with his will and off you go. You've got the power to do it. It reminded me of that dream I had, you know, of the waiting room and the, and the man in the uniform and the train won't go till he gets there. And uh, it coming along behind me and just lifting me up and running. One of the things we need to ask at times like these, knowing that there have always been times like these, is, as I said before, is this a keeper or a deliverer? Are you going to keep me from this, or keep me through? Are you going to deliver me from this, or keep me through it? God doesn't just want to deliver us from things; He wants to keep us in them. Uh, there's another one, there's I uh, just uh, uh, oh <laughs> Graham's got so many stories. Here comes another one. He tells the story of being away on tour somewhere and being very sick. First week, Father, deliver me, and He did. Second week, sickness comes back. Father, deliver me and he did. Third week, sickness comes back. Father, deliver me. And Father said, son, we can play this game forever. I want you to learn something. I've got something much better for you. I don't just want to deliver you from things. I want to keep you through them. Understanding God's ways. Our life depends on it. God said to Graham, all this pressure is coming at you from the outside, and you asked me to take it off you. I'm happy to do that, but there is a more excellent way. For every thousand pounds pressure on the outside, I will give you a thousand and one pounds pressure on the inside. Life in the Spirit.